Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Cantina Hangouts. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me today is my co-host, Universa. Hello. Good to see you. I'm, good uh, to see you, too. Right and here. and I, I think it is good to see The Mandalorian. It's not something I thought I would say three <laughs> episodes into the second season <laughs> of the show. Yeah. And uh, we're joined by guests today. We're trying to fill up guests for every episode of this season. Uh, Gene and I, we do the premiere and the finale by ourselves, but every other episode we'll have a guest on to talk about it, just a heads up. And today we're joined by Connor Walsh. Connor, how's it going? Tell us a little bit about yourself and what do you think of The Mandalorian? Um, I'm... <laughs> okay, let's... Um... Yeah, I'm uh, the, the, like a student. I'm in like media communications right now, like university, so interested in like pop culture and all that sorts of things yeah um hopefully get like a thing career media but i'll see where it takes me after it's done and see where i go from there um with the mandalorian like season one i wasn't too thrilled about like i found it was kind of disjointed and like what if it wanted to be like linear or episodic but like season two i felt like every episode was pretty fun and like engaging and like i like the characters a lot more in this season so I think it's found its way a lot more. Um, it feels like the perfect like um, like video game side quest show, basically. <laughs> it's like just going on places, trying to upgrade his stuff, and this thing keeps breaking down, so he has to fix it, and then <laughs> goes on to a different island. It's like a big escort mission, really. Yeah, so, it kind of <laughs> is. I didn't think about it that way, but that's kind of like the perfect comparison. Yeah, take the sword of health. It's like Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. yeah uh yeah i, I don't know um this it, it's it's improved so much this episode's called the heiress and of obviously this is a the mandalorian recap review show over here at the waffle press and so full spoilers obviously and all of that connor we go back in the early twitter days of i believe the birdman wars of 2014 <laughs> the man of yeah. steel debacles so oh, before we get too much yeah. more into the Mandalorian, uh, sorry for people that are just here for that, but like it's nice to talk to friends, especially in this year. Yeah. Um, I think we were talking about it before the show, but like I think we we, we met either through Schmo's No f- fandom or pretty much it. Um, mm-hmm. what what got you into Twitter? I'm actually just curious about this now before we get into Mandalorian because this mm-hmm. this episode is also kind of about. The history of Mandalorian culture and the differences that went on. Uh, what's your what's your history with the Twitter fandoms? Because yeah. Star Wars Twitter fandom mm-hmm. is oh, notoriously cool. open and welcoming and not controversial whatsoever. No, they, um, actors are safe with that fandom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was like through them, um, like pretty much in they did their videos and to engage with like the members of that, like Eric Strickler and like Mike. Peterson and Jake Baldino, who's now like big with game rings. Like I would like go on Twitter and engage with those and like eventually found like all the people that would comment on YouTube on Twitter because <laughs> it wasn't overpopulated then. So you could easily see who was commenting on what and yeah, it's kind of through there and it just kind of blew up from there. No, it's like many fandom wars before there wasn't I don't remember MCU fights like early on in Twitter. Like yeah, I I don't really either. Uh, all this all the all the drama certainly uh kind of uh 
got in the last couple of years, I guess. All yeah. the hell- made it such a hellish landscape. <laughs> and MCU fandom was wholesome at first, you know? It was, yeah, it was it, really exciting in phase one. Yeah, I don't remember, like, phase one, I remember it was fine, and it's just, I think, I don't know, like, the longer it goes on, the more people just get, like, just attached to it, and only want to talk about when anything else, like, comes up, they get, like, defensive, and it's just, I don't know why. Like, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're getting what you want, like, it's the most <laughs> popular thing there. Yeah. I don't know why to get I don't know why it's so defensive than saying like maybe we should get more mid-budget or more variety because I just think too much of one thing is not good. Yeah, I, I was gonna say uh, it's certainly been like nice to have like a break um, from mm-hmm. the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, I'm thankful the movies because there's no like massive discourse related to like plot points, like stupid plot <laughs> points in those movies. Right. Yeah. And there's not like the directors keep like poking the bear by like answering like questions and like saying they didn't get along with the writers oh like yeah that. i just i just remember all the russo answers yeah. from last year about cap and no one could have like a straight answer with uh the time travel and uh, yeah that was that, that was the funniest thing it's just watch fast and furious have time travel and they don't even address like any like, continuity yeah. They're like bindi's on time won't work <laughs> Yeah, it's just uh, that, you know, because I, I like Endgame, I guess, for the most part, but all the time travel stuff is actually kind of frustrating when you think mm-hmm. about it. The not to, yeah. not, not to, to, to poke <laughs> that bear, uh, like Connor was saying, but um, I think the big difference between where I'm at with the Marvel stuff and where I'm at with Star Wars is that I've been saying on this show, even last week, um, that Star Wars, I think, belongs in the big screen. I don't really care for it on, on television at this point. Mm-hmm. And Marvel, I think, should move to TV because TV, you're able to flex the creativity in terms of, like, plot and, like, story mm-hmm. structure more than in a film that costs $150 million to $300 yeah, million, dollars, I, right? I, it's, like, some properties that they try to make. I'm like, why is this a movie? Like, um, like if they reboot X-Men... Why don't you just make it a TV series like HBO level? Just mm-hmm. keep it that way because there's so many characters you could never do it right on film. Like it's yeah, way like, too it, much. Like yeah, exactly. Like the, the stories just seem more flexible that way. And and honestly, like you know, we're, we're coming off of a kind of I would say like a divisive Star Wars film, uh, The Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> right? Yeah, and yeah. like. You know, I, I think for the first time in a long time, people actually felt Star Wars burnout. You know, and it's mm-hmm. just like when when Star Wars was first announced, they were happening, they were doing a sequel trilogy, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone's mind went to the same place. Like, wow, you could do anything. Star Wars in this like w- w- with this kind of level of property, Star Wars is beautiful because it can be about anything and everything, right? Mm-hmm. And then after after the last couple of years, it's kind of just like. I don't really want to think about that anymore. It was fun yeah. to fan cast directors and actors like who would be cool for this universe mm-hmm. or like that your idea, your specific idea yeah. for this. And that's kind of like gone away. Mm-hmm. I want to give this episode of the Mandalorian <laughs> credit because for the first time, I think it actually feels like a lived in universe on television Mm-hmm. And I could actually see it continue to thrive on here. Like the mm-hmm. biggest compliment I think I could give it is that it reminded me of those feelings from when I first heard they were making new Star Wars movies. Not, I, I still don't mm-hmm. think it's like the peak of the Disney brand Star Wars or whatever like that, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's as good as the other stuff that I've really loved from this era, 
-hmm. but like it really did remind me like wow anything is possible in this universe and that was a really great feeling to have right now um Mm -hmm. i i thought this was this is a a really good episode i liked last week's more but like just in terms of that like it all just clicked for me right now i'm like i'm fully Mm -hmm. into the show for the first time which is a good feeling to have out of what what did you guys think yeah um i was i was really enjoying uh this this uh this episode um I really uh, appreciated how much it went into the Clone Wars lore and um, just seeing that show wrap up this year, like a couple months ago and see uh, spoilers, uh, Bo-Katan come back. That was like in live action and played by, uh, played by the same voice actor. You yeah, know, Katie Sackhoff. Katie Sackhoff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was really great to see her uh, reprise the role. Because yeah. I think there's been some discussion about like who should play what characters from the animated series if they pop up in live action. And, you know, a lot of the time they're also live action actors. So my answer's always been like, well, who, who played up on this show? Just bring <laughs> right. them over. Like, whatever. Yeah. Who cares? She, and she looked like the character model enough. So, you know, that was cool. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was just like uh, over the moon, I guess, just watching all these uh, references to all the lore of the show because um yeah i mean uh clone wars really uh kind of held the um baton i guess for star wars for a bit you know no one no one else was um you know like thinking about the sequel trilogy or what have you when the show was originally airing Mm -hmm. on the cartoon network and if you've been with it that long you know you appreciate all this uh the references and seeing like mentions of the dark saber and everything and um you know just finding out the uh Sorry, the Mandalorian uh, Dijon. How do you pronounce that name? Pronounce it like Jin. Jin, yeah. Jin Din Jaren. Din Jaren, right. yeah. He's a uh, from the Death Watch clan of uh, of uh, Mandalore. I, you know, that that went over my head the first season. I guess some people figured it out, but you know, I thought that was uh, pretty interesting too. Because I mean, uh, you know, Death Watch is such a <clears throat> it's a staple of the Clone Wars. You know, they feature that for you know a couple of times. And it's really prominent in that original show. So just going back, John, and then also too, John Favreau voiced uh, Kree Vizsla, the leader of the Yeah. Church. So yeah, yeah he, I think he had a soft spot for that, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, just all things aside, like, he's clearly living, like, his fanboy dream right now. Yeah. He got to voice a, a villain in the Clone Wars and then eventually, you know, create, like, a whole other aspect of the universe. Connor, are you familiar mm-hmm. With all this this bullshit nerd stuff from the Clone Wars, yeah, I like. I think through the summer I watched the, the Clone oh, okay. Wars like the entirety. So oh, nice. Um, what did you think about that show? I think like um, Clone Wars, like it really takes like Lucas's ideas that he wasn't able to like flesh out, like really, and just makes it like really really strong. And it's like even that part of lore, I think, is like really interesting. For like what other people have like went and built off it makes palpatine more like like um nefarious and then it makes like the jedis like and you see all their like war crimes and they're like mm-hmm. bad politics and like how right. they both sides like trying to like fight each other yeah it really like, by just like out of spite really just kind of annihilated both of them is i just found that aspect and how they humanize like the clone troopers like give them like identities and stuff Give so many characters more depth too. Mm-hmm. Like Darth Maul, I kind of, I kind of like, 
I haven't seen like Rebel stuff, but I like this Clone Wars. Like he's just like a tortured. He's like the inverse of like Anakin or. Mm-hmm. Or no, inverse Obi Wan, or it's like he was just like felt like abandoned, betrayed, and then he just goes like into full mania. Yeah. And... Yeah, I mean, yeah, just it's so intriguing, and then just all the political intrigue too. Like when Darth mm-hmm. Maul has like a almost like a third faction during the Clone Wars, and it's him against yeah. uh, Sidious, who um. I think for a time he's voiced by Tim Curry on the Clone Wars. Yeah, because yeah. the original voice actor of uh, Sidious passed away after season five. Yeah. So like the big Mandalore arc in the original run of the show, when that wrapped up, the, the actor mm-hmm. that was like the last bit he did, and Tim Curry took over after that. So like, what a final like, you know, showcase. Because <laughs> yeah. that that Sam, stuff is like the best in that show. Yeah, Sam Whitmer takes over Palpatine. As well, and then I think mm-hmm. in I think in Rebels they give it back to Ian McDermott. I I think I oh, yeah nice. I think he started Rebels and then they got the original guy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It's uh, interesting all the voice actors they have for that show. So, yeah, yeah, really. Uh, I'm kind of wondering that, if, if Sam Witwer is going to pop up in this show, and not not yeah. as the character from his the video game that oh. we all liked in Here high killer. school. And yeah. then thought oh. about it for more than five minutes, and we're like, "Oh no, this kind of sucks." But yeah. like, I guess Darth- it's a new character because he's a good actor. Yeah, I'm sure if they ever have like Darth Maul again, you know, like that would like he would voice him. Yeah. I, I'm honestly surprised he is like not like yeah, Darth Maul again like, after all the like Clone Wars stuff like we got out of him. I was surprised he didn't get a game or something. Yeah, um, that's kind of because even Sam Whitworth's like coming off like Days Gone, which like he was just his whole face is in that game. So mm-hmm. I thought I thought he would like try to like push for that. I guess. Yeah, and he's a he's a pretty good actor too. I mean, even on yeah. like, like, he was on Smallville, he was actually fairly good. I think I remember him a bit on Smallville. Yeah, he was... I remember him mostly in Force Unleashed, so I just see that like everything. <laughs> yeah. like, he's almost... really good in The Mist. It's a small role, but he like. Like that movie, like needs mm. his bit to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, everyone watched The Mist. Also, that's that's a great movie. Yeah, he's it's like the... um Daniel Dismalshin, like in The Dark Knight. It's like when he was like in that role as like the schizophrenic. Like you're like, oh, he's an actor. Oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Not sure how to pronounce his last name, but no, I'm not sure either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He, he, um, but, he's, he's always the kooky guy in like movies like the guy that's like just like eccentric and kind of yeah. wild yeah yeah um but for for, for this this episode of uh, the mandalorian we got some responses on twitter so i want to read those out mm-hmm. uh from our, our last guest andrew salazar very good episode but take a shot every time mando needs to fix his ship i agree it is getting a little ridiculous it, but it, i also kind of like it, it <laughs> you know that's that's like what like kind of led to me like the like compared to like a video game because it's like it's like in games where it's like we we don't want you to progress too fast so they just like put like this obstacle in your way and you have to deal with that and then loop around and like stretch out the game that's kind of why this ship feels like like how can we make this last longer let's break a ship and, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i mean that ship's like seen some better days i i don't know shitty. how he flies it still it's just, like just put it on like craigslist you know it's like it's like in like um like gta when you like your car's crushed to bits and the wheel tires are off and you're just trying to scrape there just to beat the mission 
<laughs> it's like what his spaceship is. Like I don't. <laughs> yeah, and then he was against stealing like that fancier gunship. Yeah, it should have been <laughs> in for sure. Like, no, we're not stealing. I'm like, well, you might as well steal it. You're just going to be on another snow planet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to give a shout out to the the art direction in this series right now because a lot of the problems I think we all had, uh, especially in the Twitter sphere, uh, with the first season was that like it didn't feel lived in, you know. And like this episode, not only it's it's the the specific like aliens that we recognize from like other parts of the series but like there's like a there's a specific aesthetic to this region on this planet mm-hmm. right like it's a fisherman's village like we all recognize what that is it's not just sea creature related yeah. aliens mm-hmm. but like the entire area like is very well founded and represents mm-hmm. that you know whereas like sometimes last season would be like they're in a prison so here's a hallway and they're like they made it work but they kept doing that in episodes, you know, we'd be like, here's a village, there's some huts. And then uh, there's a big landscape because we're testing out this new technology and we don't know what else to do with it. And like, that's fine, you know, for like a demo reel, but yeah. for a show that costs $15 million per episode, like you, you, you got to yeah. do more than that. And now it's just like, I'm so happy it won me over because I was, mm. I, I, I liked being a grump about this show, but I, <laughs> I also like enjoying it a lot more. Yeah, no, yes. for sure. I mean, want to hate on things but you know you know maybe maybe i like being a hater you know maybe (laughs) it's fun to hate something but like it's no it's 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 good i I can go to bat for the show finally it's it's very nice like how distinctly like color like color palettes are like separated in each episode it's like i can i just think of like a scene i'm like oh that's that episode the first one i don't know what happened (laughs) except maybe the end with the dark saber because it was just a bunch of the same color and yeah, I, it's just he hard to differentiate um, or like separate like the episodes. Yeah, he he goes to like three separate desert planets, and one of them's Tatooine. <laughs> like, like what? that's like unacceptable. And this season, it's like we were back on Tatooine, but that episode was also like really fun and had a dragon in it. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is like snow planet, ice monsters, and this one's like yeah. oh sea village. So you got to have the sea yeah. aliens and stuff, and it's like that's. This is great. Um, also, this episode is directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, mm-hmm. who did a good job on on, a, on last season's episode too, yeah. and uh, just not the best writing in that one either. But like whatever, yeah. uh, she's she's really talented. From mm-hmm. uh, at B Swaffs, who actually guested last year uh, with us to talk about her episode, said loved it. Bryce is doing better with better things with Star Wars than her pops. Um, I, I I'm a solo defender. <laughs> I, I would like to see Bryce Dallas Howard do more directing. Yeah, because uh, she's. I think she's. She's like, got it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she's really talented. It's with, like with what she's. I saw a clip of people doing a Apollo thirteen, like showing like her homage to that. Like, in oh this yeah. Episode. yeah. And it was like it was so like well staged and well done. Like, I I honestly like I want her to do more stuff than like Ron Howard currently. Not like this is Ron Howard, but Ron Howard kind of just does too many things. Like he tries yeah. to like, oh, I can do this. It's like out of his depth a bit, but I think she's like knows where to focus things. Yeah. I was like where exactly to go. And I think Ron Howard just gets lost in like, oh, I want to do this. Oh, I want to do that. Oh, I you're, do you're not looking forward to yeah. the hillbilly elegy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's him, huh? Yeah. Just said no. Like I, I'm trying to think of uh... <laughs> 
I'm trying to think of like the last really good Ron Howard movie and like nothing. Was Rush. it Rush? Rush is good. Rush, for Rush sure. Is good. Yeah. Um, I I think Solo like genuinely has has great shit in it. Um, he did a good but, job like, for what he was given, like having to reshoot yeah. like the whole thing. Because he, he it turns out he's a pretty good action director. <laughs> I, I thought, anyways, like in that movie, you know, because I know he he reshot a lot of that, but like, yeah, the, the yeah. train yeah. stuff was great. I wanted more of the train, like gang, like the gang that like kind of stops the train, mm-hmm. like solo near that. I wanted more of that. I felt like they were probably in the Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Uh, movie for sure version yeah. of that yeah so. it, was, it was a shame the poor planning with that movie yeah or like you didn't when, when you sign someone on know what they're going to do yeah. don't hire them like <laughs> i don't really get why this happens with that company yeah. <laughs> I, I mean maybe, like oh, oh i was just gonna say maybe we could have gotten some like clone high references i don't know <laughs> i guess i don't know like i like clone high but like yeah, that's clone high, like, like why I want Star, Star Wars and Star Wars graffiti, like Clone High and like some Star Wars. Like. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, hey, I think that that brings up another point with like why the Mandalorian's gotten so much stronger this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the first season really kind of does skirt by on just being like, this is the Star Wars show now, mm-hmm. and yeah. like you recognize stuff that we are showing you, like even mm-hmm. if it's not characters, it's specific imagery and stuff like that. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, there's like motivation for these characters and yeah. stuff like that, you know. Like yeah. now, I Yoda's more of a divine thing. Mm-hmm. And like last, it's just like, here's the merchandise character here. Yeah. And, was... um, and now in like in the like recent episodes, I'm like, oh, I actually care what happens to him. Yeah, you know? I was I was telling a friend where it's just like, I like you know, I like Baby Yoda enough. I'm not like overly annoyed, but mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I've never seen a character where it's like. It's like you're you're just here for merchandise. Like you, you're just here to sell like a thousand dolls like per minute um to be made into Funko Pops. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're fine, baby Oda, but like you're 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 so transparent, I guess, in what you are. You're like the like Star Wars Mickey Mouse kind of yeah, like, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I have to I have to pivot quest. to to baby Yoda mm-hmm. being good now. I've been a Baby Yoda yeah. hater since since almost minute one, but I, yeah. I think I think Baby Yoda is good now. Evil. I some objective. Baby Yoda is evil, but that's why he's good now. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be hilarious if they pull like this big twist. He's like a big arching, like he turns into the like the baby Hitler scenario, <laughs> and that makes all the oh, fans no. like irritated. I, I would respect this show so much. There was, there was a lot of memes in Baby Yoda. I remember where it's like. He's secretly evil. He's whis- whispering into people's ears, like telling them uh, marvelous cinema. He hates Martin Scorsese. <laughs> he has, like, uh, I think people like photoshopped like a MAGA hat on him, and it's like, <laughs> it's like what is, <laughs> you know? Wow. Like... <laughs> you take like a, a inner, a, like something that's like cute, and the internet just finds a way to make it not cute. Oh, no, yeah. here here's my notes from last week I'll, I'll put the picture up online after this but my my notes from last week <laughs> i didn't say it on this show but i don't even know if you can tell oh, you can't see because of the camera but i put baby yoda is pizza gate and i was like i should probably just leave that one out. But <laughs> i'm bringing i'm bringing it up now um but no i i not not to get into the whole ridiculous thing online about yeah. baby yoda eating unfertilized eggs like we had a we had a kick out of that the last episode but like we're 
we're joking. This isn't real. Yeah. It's not the same thing. Yeah, I'm not I'm not like saying like cancel baby Odin, but yeah. No. It's not. I was like, oh, as long as I got that clarified, I think like yeah. um yeah, like, we're, Phil, we're, we're... what's the name he tweeted out, Phil Soshan, one of the creative directors. Oh yeah, he Facebook. had to tweet oh, yeah. out because people were like, This is like genocide. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like I, I put that in the, the header image for the episode on, on the PNG, but like I also put Baby Yoda as a racist last season. <laughs> like yeah. that's this isn't real. This isn't real life, no. guys. Baby Yoda, um, Baby Yoda was like saying stuff on the Joe Rogan show. <laughs> oh no! Fucked <laughs> up shit. Pro- programming problematic people. So you know. Yeah. No, no, no. My the my favorite. With Rogan. No, my my favorite response to that was uh, from uh, our buddy uh, at Jacob Knight, who also responded to this week. But um, last week they said that Baby Yoda is pro-choice. It's just in a weird way, you know? <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's kind of, uh, yeah. Um, also, they're on fertilized eggs. If you really want to get down to brass tacks, yeah. it's not the same thing. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but for this episode, I feel like we haven't really talked about like the actual like no. big plot stuff besides Bo-Katan, which I did like. And mm-hmm. Gene brought up the Death Watch stuff. And for people that do not know, I guess some quick clarification for that. The Mandalorians on the planet Mandalore, they uh, they left behind their warrior ways. And so, like, what the show, I guess, is going to get into down the line this season or otherwise, and I'm actually so into it, I don't mind mm-hmm. if they don't get into it right away right now, you know? Um, but I guess what the show is heading towards is, like, what it means to be a Mandalorian and that the this is the way that's kind of been the pivotal, like, thesis of the show, or at least... The, the the pivotal Mandalorian character that we're following, his whole like identity is around the the armor and the mask and like the the true way of the Mandalorians is to not go down that path because that mm-hmm. it's just a life of like loneliness and like anger and violence and right and also that's it's, it. You know, Death Watch is like the tribe he's a part of is also pretty fanatical. Yeah, yeah, well. mm-hmm. they're they're uh, they're kind of like a not like a full-on death cult but they're yeah they are like kind of like mandalorian isis or you know (laughs) i mean they teamed up they teamed up with darth maul yeah i mean they they yeah they've killed they're legitimate terrorists that's what they are and uh i'm interested to see how the show handles that with that revelation because it clearly like is a lot for this character to process mm-hmm. and they ha- they they don't spend a lot of time on it because yeah. the the rest of the mission kind of takes it over but i like that the show is going there you know it's the these stories have to start getting introspective mm-hmm. at a certain point you know you can't yeah. just present like this is the plot it's like all right what does it mean for this character mm-hmm. to go on this journey what does it mean when your beliefs are challenged you know yeah. like you can't just be in one place running the whole time and it shows a big evolution on the show. It feels like it's made by human hands now, and that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, no, for sure. Because, yeah, I mean, it gives a lot of gives a lot of like nuance and um, pathos to uh, the Mandalorian. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's not Star Wars if it's like trying to like examine like those contradictions. So I'm like glad it's finally like mm-hmm. going into Mandalorian, like fleshing them out more than just being like like a tin 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 can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, for real. But um, yeah, I think it's like interesting, like how Ahsoka weaves into it, and how like I think I forget that character's name, like, but she's like the person that voiced Mulan, like with the hoodie, like when she appears oh, briefly. Uh, Ping, 
Ming. 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 Yeah, I forget her character name, like in the actor name, but um, I'm curious what they do with her, like, because, like, she seems like she's having some kind of thing going on there. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, she's the in the shadow. Of this one? Yeah. Sa- Sasha Banks? Oh, no, no, no. Like, I, I swear Ming was, like, in the hoodie for, like, five seconds in the new episode. Really? I don't, I don't think so. Just... I think that was Sasha Banks, right? Oh, it might have been her. I don't know. Okay. There's just some hoodie person. I'm like, who's that? I forget. That oh no, she, she's a she's the the, the blue haired Mandalorian lady. Oh okay. Yeah, she was like kind of just spying on them. That was all. Oh okay. Mm. Yeah. But no, I mean it's still still cool because it's like it shows that you know like unfortunately it does get into the stuff where it's like well if you watch this show you know you know that I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah. But the way they use it here, it's like. Oh yeah, there's other stories going on in the universe. Yeah, and that's they kind, kind of what makes Star Wars feel like Star Wars too. They kind of just like show up, like it felt kind of organic how they kind of just go in. Like this season, I was kind of worried it'd be just like, like um, just giving in fan like mm-hmm. like desires or something, but like it actually feels like it has like a point going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but no, yeah, it's, it's I, I think it's a. A great episode and Giancarlo Esposito shows up again yeah and uh he's, gonna, he's fun I was gonna mention that you know for him to just show up and to have like a presence instantly improves on some of the criticisms I had for mm-hmm. the first season where um you know people were saying the plot disappeared but I, I wouldn't say that I mean they're on the run that's like the plot but the fact like you know you introduce like Werner Herzog and he doesn't have like a presence for like seven episodes and then towards the end like oh he's back but then he just mm-hmm. gets pulled off um for Esposito's character Moth Gideon you feel like he's actively plotting and he's he's around you know he's like you know the shark in Jaws it's not there all the time but yeah you know he feels present so that was like the main criticism I had for that first season where you know, just to see where the villains are at, see what they're the threat they bring, the the danger mm-hmm. the characters are in. Yeah, I really appreciate just that. You know, I you I kind of like seeing them on the ship, like where it, like it feels more like they're like Nazi workers. <laughs> <laughs> they essentially like, are. Yeah, they're they're, they're like, the boys from Brazil, basically, right? <laughs> like, <yes. laughs> um, yeah, and then the way he's kind of like, I'm not. I'm not, it'll be interesting how they establish him, but he feels like he's just like a guy that comes like out to them because they lost their leader and he's just like dragging them like with them. Yeah. Like yeah. that's kind of how he like um yeah, he's how they're of, doing him. Yeah, he's a bit of, fan, of a fanatic too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah uh, all all good stuff all around, I guess. So any, anything else you guys want to talk about? I just want to mention that the frog lady got a happy ending and uh, yeah, good, yeah, I, I sure. love I, I love that design. I love that character. She doesn't even speak like in, in a way we understand. I just like everything about that is like perfect. Give me yeah, a Star Wars it. movie to direct where I just make it about the frog people and I will yeah. die happy. That's all I want to <laughs> do now. Good for her and her frog lady and frog husband. Mm-hmm. Good for mm-hmm. them. They they can they can save their their species now. It's all good. <laughs> Yoda, yeah. Yoda didn't. Yoda didn't eat too many eggs. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah uh, anything else then before we start signing off? Um, I kind of like how claustrophobic the like action was. Like I was pretty impressed with that. Like how when like the Mandalorians like 
like in the like grates and he's trying to like push through. Oh yeah. yeah. That, was, that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. No, that was yeah, it was interesting just to see how he was interacting too with the other Mandalorians and all their interactions and them fighting together. I mean ultimately mm-hmm. they band together. It's like seeing them use water against them is like fascinating because it's like he's basically an anchor. And like <laughs> Yeah, just like find some way out of that. I thought that was kind of cool because it gives like the tension that they should like try more for. Um, because like if the Mandalorian, I'm not like, oh, how the hell are you gonna manage this? Yeah, <laughs> like it just makes it more interesting. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just they're really hitting a stride this season. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully for us, I guess. Yeah, I'm. They listen I'm to not... our podcasts. They, they they listen to the waffle press and they're like fucking right and <laughs> you're, you're welcome yeah you're welcome jean favreau uh yeah I, i'm looking forward to, to new episodes now um i'm not like i'm not hankering at the teeth for it like i am for like succession or something like that uh, everyone yeah. watched succession but like um it's a very fun show to talk about and it's a very fun show to watch now and mm-hmm. it, it feels good to like like star wars i guess again yeah like like it reminds you that like this this franchise is special because it can be anything and that's that's a cool feeling to have i kind of like how it's not like dependent on like legacy characters from the original trilogy because i feel like it just like creates this like weird fan entitlement where like i have a different idea of this character i have a different idea of that character yeah but Soka doesn't really have that and like the Mandalorian crew they bring on so it's kind of like kind of just refreshing where it's like oh it's just characters things and I well I guess you ought to get some flack but whatever (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's less about like being protective about these characters identities and more about like I'm familiar with this stuff enough and also open with it to like go anywhere you know which is generally how you should feel about fictional mm-hmm. characters but people didn't like that luke skywalker was sad so yeah whatever uh, everyone's still wrong about that movie uh well not but, not everyone we also found out that most people did actually like the last jedi as the headlines of the rise of skywalker critical okay. reviews uh, would remind us but, i want my yeah. luke, um, luke skywalker cynical and like out of hope yeah yeah that's, as that's, an aging luke skywalker i don't there's an appropriate way to make him like joyful that feels kind of in inconsiderate given his whole family uh, war crime history yeah you know, <laughs> it makes sense for him to be like hunkered down in his yeah. old age um but uh and enough about why the last jedi is so mm-hmm. good connor where can the people find you online uh you can find me on well, I post much less on like Instagram, but it's like con life there. And then on Twitter, it's like con, 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 because I just got tired of the old name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll link links down to, to your stuff down below. And Gene, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Gene9892. And you can find me at Twitter at the Diego Crespo. Check out the Waffle Press on Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Patreon, where you can get early access to stuff like the Avatar retrospective. Uh, stay tuned for 2021, Legend of Korra, uh, the summer of Spielberg and Sandler. We're making a comeback next year. we got a lot of time on our hands heading into these coming months. Uh, Connor, thanks so much for joining us again. Nice to officially also Welcome. meet you through yeah. this. Uh, stay safe, stay warm, you too, Gene, and uh, everyone else. Take, take care. Uh, stay indoors as long as you can. Uh, if 
like and subscribe if you didn't like this like and subscribe anyways because you might find something you do like so thanks for listening thanks for watching we've been professionally unprofessional that's it